Yeah, let's give her a hand. You did great. My name's Matt, and I'm the pastor here at Victory Point. I'm on the pastoral team here. And uh, man, I think winter actually is finally here to stay. Don't you think so? And I think it's only appropriate that I remind us of our winter rules here at Victory Point. I do this every year. I think it's important. It's sort of an unspoken thing, but it's very, very important. Um, sometimes when you get here on a Sunday morning, you can't see the lines because they're covered with snow. So if you're the first person here, we're, we're trusting that you will make sure you park between the lines. Because otherwise you screw up the whole rest of the thing. We could be parked at angles out there and it's all a mess. So whoever's here first on a Sunday morning when it's snow covered, make sure you find the lines and start us off right. Okay, I appreciate that. And don't forget too that one of our other rules here is uh, as tempting as it is, don't kick the crud balls off other people's cars. I know that's the mo- it's one of the most liberating satisfying things in the world when you kick one of those and this big clump comes down but don't rob people of the joy of kicking their own clumps plus what if you did that and like a whole fender fell off like that would not be good so so make sure we we follow these winter rules here at victory point hey um Aaron and and Josh and, and Danielle I don't know where you guys are right now but thanks for being here where are they at Tori you're pointing this way I don't see them oh hey guys we love you guys. Like every time we hang out and spend time together and uh, you come and, and lead in music and tell us about World Orphans, uh, I'm just more and more convinced you're our kind of people. We love what you're about and uh, we love having you. Thank you for a special night last night. Um, we just love you guys. So I'm glad you're here this morning. Thanks for leading out. Um, hey, I got one more thing. I, I just think, I know we're going to be short on time, but I, this is fresh bread and I just want to celebrate this, okay? Um, you guys remember Pete and Jesse, right? They, they were part of our team up until this past summer. Remember when we all gathered around Pete and Jesse and I think it was July and we just kind of sent them off into ministry, you know, and they weren't even sure what the next ministry was going to be back in Minneapolis and uh, Pete's involved with a ministry called Shine Ministries and he's actually in Kenya right now preaching to all kinds of people. And I saw this on Facebook this morning. I think we just need to give Jesus praise for this. So this is what Pete wrote. He said, uh, two days ago, we got to go into a local high school and preach the gospel. I talked about how Jesus calls us to follow him and lay down our whole lives. There were about 550 students total and 300 plus stepped forward to be born again. Praise God. And then later that day, A father brought his deathly ill child to our crusade. They had no money to go to the hospital and they were completely desperate. When I finished preaching, I prayed over everyone in attendance and the father said that his son was instantly healed. We got to meet them last night and the family was so happy that God had touched their son and completely healed him. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. Lord, do that work among us, right? We want to experience that kind of breakthrough. We want to experience that kind of of power in in mighty works and wonders. But we celebrate that Pete and Jesse, who we love, and we're able to send on into a new ministry like are experiencing fruit, kingdom fruit like that. 
All right, well, this morning we're going to uh, continue in our series we're doing this January and into February called Co-Mission. Co-Mission, it's, it's the adventure of living on mission together. And uh, so far in the series, we've, we've reminded ourselves of what our vision is and what our mission is as a church. And it's right there. Our vision is to bring the kingdom of God, to, to reveal, to bear the kingdom of God wherever we go, our family, our community, the world. And our strategy for doing that is we're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to make and multiply disciples who give their whole life to being like Jesus and doing the kinds of things that he did. And then last week we began to journey through um, our values as a congregation, as as a spiritual family. And and last week we looked at kind of our, our first value and that is loving God by loving people. Remember if you were here last week, I got up here and I said, love one another. And then I sat down, message over. Then I got back up and I said it again, sat back down, got back up, sat back down. I I took a 10 second message and turned it into a 40 minute sermon. So I apologize for that. I mean, it was really done at the very beginning. Love one another, love one another, simple. A simple message with world changing implications. Jesus said, love is the mark of a Christian, of a disciple. He said, love one another, love one another the same way that I love you. And in doing so, you will show the world that you are my disciples. So, so the big point last week was this. If, if you identify with Jesus, if you tell people that you are a Christian, you better be backing it up with love. Better be backing it up with love. Whether you have an international platform and, and you're, you know, listen to around the world or whether you're just a guy or a girl who goes to school every day and goes to work every day and goes to your neighborhood every day, people are watching People are watching and they're drawing conclusions about Jesus and about the gospel based on how we love others. So it's very, very important to us as a church. We love God best by loving all people with the same grace and the same acceptance that he has shown to us. And today I want to speak about one of our other values here at Victory Point, something that's very dear to us, something that's very important to me and to us. We, we will be authentic and accountable. We will be authentic and accountable. We will be people of integrity who are authentic and accountable in our relationships up with God, in with each other, and out with a broken world. And I think, as I've reflected on this, I think this is something we're pretty good at. Like this is something that's really true of this church. We still have work to do, but I think it's true. When people in the community ask me to describe Victory Point, and they ask me to like, like tell me about Victory Point, what what... What's Victory Point all about? And this, you know, this is what I tell them. I, I tell them things like this. I tell them, like, if you're looking for a place that just has rocking messages where every other line you can tweet, probably not the church for you, okay? If, if you're looking for, like, a, a worship experience that is, like, production quality, we're probably not the church for you. Sometimes we have to restart songs, you know, because we start them wrong and things like that. I mean, that we're just, we're just us, if you're looking for a church that has a really big and, and bad, and I mean bad in a good way, like a, a really rocking children's ministry and, and student ministry, it's really epic, we're probably not the church for you. But if you're looking for a church that, where the people are real, and they're just doing their very best to humbly try to be like Jesus and do the kinds of things that he did, we might be the church for you. We'll expect that of you too, but we, we might be the church for you. I think we're doing pretty good in this one. So I'm just going to take the minutes that I have left and uh, just try to talk about what do we mean when we say 
it's important to us to be authentic and accountable. So let's pray. Lord, give me your words. Take away my words and and plant your truth in our hearts and may it become fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes I really love just seeing how Eugene Peterson says things in the message, right? Um, Sometimes he just has like a way of saying it. It's just like, Yes, that, that's awesome. And uh, I found one of those this week in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. So Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthians and he's trying to address people who are accusing him of being, um, uh, they're, they're questioning his authority. They're questioning his integrity. And so he, he writes this letter we know as 2 Corinthians. He actually probably wrote about four letters to the church in Corinth. But in 2 Corinthians, he's trying to address people, false teachers who are challenging his authority. And he says this, Since God has so generously let us in on what he's doing, I love that, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. We don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out into the open. And the whole truth is on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. I love that line. We refuse to wear masks and play games. Authentic. What does it mean to be authentic? Authentic is such a buzzword, I think, in culture today. I mean, there's buzzwords that kind of rise up over the course of the evolution of culture. Like, used to be like everything was really epic um, or extreme, you know. Like, authentic's a really important word nowadays. And today, you know, it's so important to us that everything be authentic, that everything be organic. And and I just want to go on record this morning, like, I'm okay if not all my food is organic, I don't need to eat everything. That's, I like, like taste, okay? As long as it's delicious, I don't care if it's really organic or not. Like, like for Christmas, for instance, you know what I got for Christmas from, from my loving wife? A, a can of Cheese Whiz. Do you remember Cheese Whiz? It's like from the 70s or 80s. It reminds me of my grandma. My grandma used to make me toast with Cheese Whiz on it. And so Tori found a jar of Cheese Whiz and she gave it to me. It's not authentic. I don't think there's any cheese in there. Like... <laughs> But it's delicious, and, and it's okay. I, I don't mind that my cheese whiz is not authentic and organic. Not everything needs to be authentic in my life. But, but when it comes to relationships, when it comes to the church, when it comes to Victory Point, we need to be authentic. What's it mean to be authentic? To be authentic means to be real. It means to not be fake. It means to be genuine. It means to be honest, original, to be the real deal. To be authentic, I think, is a person who is the same person in public as they are in private. Or, to be the same person on Sunday that we are on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and on the weekend, and throughout the week. And while I think this is something we're we're fairly good at, there's there's room to improve always. Because I think as a whole, and and forgive me for using this word, but I, I think Christians suck at being authentic most of the time. Especially in, in the Western church, maybe. And especially, I think, in West Michigan, if we're honest. Like, it's, it's so hard sometimes just to be ourselves and to be real. And um, so, so I want to talk about that this morning. Now, I, I might even rant just for a second here. I, I, I think the church, the body of Christ, the, the body of Christ on earth should be the one for sure place where it's okay and even expected to not have it all together all the time. 
where, where you don't have to pretend. I mean, spiritual family, and that's what this is. Spiritual family is where this should feel like the safest place to lower the walls and drop the masks at the door. Where, like Paul said, where we refuse to wear masks and to play games. Jesus said, right? He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. You expect it. It's not an option. You will have trouble. You will have battles. You will have sorrows. You will have valleys. But take heart. I've overcome the world. But, but I think the community of Christ should be that one place where we can freely acknowledge, like, you know when Jesus said you were going to have trouble? He was right. He was right. I, I'm experiencing trouble right now in my life. I'm in the middle of some right now. We should be able to say that to each other and admit that without having to pretend. No one is good all the time. The only one who is good all the time is God. We, we say that phrase, don't we? God is good all the time. And all the time... God is good. Talking about God there. We're not good all the time. And it's okay to not be good all the time. If, if you come here week in and week out for years and, and people are like, hey, how's it going? And you say good every Sunday, I start to wonder if you might be lying. You can't be good all the time. We're not good all the time. We, 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 we experience trouble. I hope, like, if you ever walk in here and, and someone says, how's it going? A, I hope they mean it. I hope they're genuine. Like, it's just a phrase, but I hope they mean it. Like, how's it going? And if you say, not, not good, I hope that person, like, hey, let's, let's talk. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Forget going in here. Let's find a chair. Let's, let's grab somebody else. Like, let's talk. Let's pray. Let, let's lean into this together. Let's press into this. I mean, let's just be honest. We're not good all the time right now in this room. There are marriages that are collapsing. There, there, there are people in this room who, who probably have succumbed to the temptation of pornography. There are people in this room who maybe are wrestling with orientation, who are battling addiction, that you and your friends, you're fighting, you're experiencing conflict right now of some sort. You're feeling depressed, you're battling disease, you're financially stressed. You have a Jericho. You have a Jericho that looks like this huge problem and you're overwhelmed by it and you don't know what to do. You're having trouble grabbing hold of the promise. Maybe you're in a season right now. You're wandering through the desert. You're struggling with doubt. You're struggling with identity. You're just barely hanging in there. But yet you show up on Sunday and you do your best to put on a good show and to pretend that you're not any of those things, which is dumb. That's dumb to pretend you know, that you're okay when you're not okay. If you're in a dry time, if you're weary, if you're in a time where you're, you're sort of wondering about faith, losing faith, you, you don't have to pretend here. You really don't. Pretending is exhausting. If you're in trouble, if you're jammed up, frustrated, angry, lonely, reading your Bible and it doesn't feel like God's speaking to you, I bet you're, you're kind of in some good company. I bet there's a good chance that there's people here who can relate to and are going through what you're going through or at some point in their life have gone through what you're going through. You're in good company. We don't need to pretend. We need to be authentic. If you're going through stuff, you're, you're, you're welcome in this family. Authenticity is something that we value and we don't take lightly, which means we're going to have to encourage each other to continually push through and, and to push through the tendency that we all have and the natural human tendency that we all wrestle with to when things get messy to withdraw. 
That's what we do, right? When, when things get messy, we tend to withdraw from community, not press into community. We, we don't, because we don't want people to know. Because we're afraid. What are they going to think? Because what we're always doing, right, is we're comparing what we know is true of us to only what we think we know is true of you. And we always come out short. We always, we always come out smaller in comparison. And can I just let us in on a little secret? We are all more messed up than we appear. <laughs> we're just very good at posturing. But we're all more messed up than we appear. And I, you know what? The guy up here leads that list. I'm appalled at like how messed up I am sometimes and the things I think and the things that I, I, I succumb to. and like I lead the list. And ultimately, I think what we fear is rejection. I mean, we, we think, right, like, if you knew the real me, I mean, if, if you really knew what's going on in my life, if you knew what I've done, if you knew what, what I'm doing, if you knew, like, the kind of thoughts that go through my head and, and through my heart, we're, we're like, if you really knew me, if you really knew the real me, you couldn't possibly want me. And God says, and, and the best of Christian community says, I know you and I still want you. Let's travel together. Let's travel together. When we're not authentic with each other, ultimately, think about it this way. We rob the body of Christ of its ability to do what it's supposed to do and be. And that is to be the tangible experience of God's grace and mercy on this earth. We can't be who we're supposed to be if we're not being real with each other, if we're not being honest with each other, if we're not being authentic with each other. We value realness in this church. You don't have to have it all together to belong here. You really don't. If that was the criteria to belong here, this would be an empty room on Sunday mornings. No one has it all together all the time. That's, that's why we need each other. That's why we need to be authentic. You know, I think about it this way sometimes. Like, you know, like I try to every year like have an annual physical. But whenever I think of like, oh, I'm going to the doctor for my physical. Like, I better lose some weight. I better get in shape so that I'm good when I go. Like, when, when sometimes we just need to go when we're not good because we need help. Okay? We just need to be okay with that. Like, like. Like I saw, um, I don't know who said this. I just, I think it was one of them meme things or gifts or whatever those things are called like on, on social media. Um, but, but it said, um, waiting to come to the Lord, or I would say waiting to come to Christian community, um, waiting to come to the Lord or Christian community until you get your life cleaned up is like waiting to go to the ER until you stop bleeding. When you need it, Go. We we need each other, go. God doesn't love some future version of you. He loves you in your mess, and so do we. But God doesn't want us to stay in our mess, and neither do we. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of this verse this week. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. The Apostle Paul says this. At the beginning of Ephesians 4, you know, like the, the first half of Ephesians is like reminding us of our identity in Christ. And then the second half of Ephesians is all about, okay, because this is true of you, this is how you should live. So Paul says this, I want you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. So this is what I want you to do. This is what you should do as a follower of Jesus Christ. Throw off your sinful nature. In your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, 
Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love that imagery. And Paul uses this in some of his other letters too, Corinthians, um, Colossians, you know, he, he uses this imagery which is so simple to understand. He says, put off your old self and put on your new self. Everyone here is in that process all the time of putting off our old self and putting on our new self. So I, I think maybe this is a, I read this in a relevant um, article which I thought was a great just picture of authenticity. Authenticity in the church is the quality of our exposure of brokenness and adornment of God's grace. The quality of like revealing, like, man, this is my old self, but I am putting on and need help putting on my new self in Christ. An authentic person, I think, is one who is both privately and publicly putting off their old self And by God's grace, putting on a renewed self daily. Which makes me think of Jesus' words in Luke chapter 9. He says it in other places too. But this is what he says to his disciples. He said to all of them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And I think that this... This cross thing, it's a one-time, once-and-for-all thing. It is finished. The cross has done it. The work is over. But it's also, as as a follower, as a disciple, it's also a daily thing. It's also a daily thing of taking the truth of what happened on the cross and claiming it and applying it to all of my life. And bringing resurrection life to bear in all of my life. So we use this imagery sometimes around here when we talk about the cross. You know, we talk about before the cross, on the cross, after the cross. And I think what Jesus says in Luke 9, 23 sort of gets at some of that. The, the, the cross, Jesus has won victory and breakthrough for us on the cross. We have it available and accessible to us. Our, the job of, of disciples is to, to take it and to claim it and, and to apply it to every area of our life. And so I think at any one moment in our lives, true of me, true of you, is there are things in my life right now that are still before the cross that I have not allowed willingly to go to the cross. There, there are areas in my life that I think I could control better. There, where I, want, I think my way makes sense. I, I want it to be my way. And so I'm resistant to submit it and to surrender it to Christ. I have some areas in my life that are, that are still before the cross, that, that I need to get to the cross. There are areas in my life right now, you have them too, that are on the cross, that I am in the journey of surrendering this and this and that, you know, to Jesus' way and, and to his life. And, and it's painful and it's hard and it takes a while. And it's not, a, it's not a fun experience. You know, it's where I'm allowing the power of the cross to, to take over areas of my life and, and to, to submit to it. And then I, I can honestly say there, there's, and there may be not as many, but there are areas of my life I can look at where I think I've discovered the freedom of resurrection life now. 
in certain areas of my life where, where I've experienced and am experiencing victory and breakthrough and lightness and joy because it, I've let go of it. And I'm grabbed hold of, of Christ's desires for my life. I think at any one moment, right, any of us have things that are before the cross, on the cross, after the cross. And I, I think to be authentic is just to acknowledge that. It's okay to acknowledge that when we come together. I mean, that there's areas in my life that I'm, that I'm still struggling to surrender. There's areas in my life that, that I'm not experiencing victory and breakthrough in yet. And it's a work. And I need people. And I, I need people to, to walk with me. I need people to, to keep me accountable. I mean, because let's just acknowledge, we're all a work in progress here. It, but the goal is, I want all of my life to get to the right I want every area of my life to, to eventually get to the, and maybe this is a lifelong process, I get it. But I want, I want to experience resurrection power and resurrection life and resurrection living in every area of my life. So it's a, it's a, it's a, daily, it's, it's a daily surrender. It's a, it's a daily submission. It, it, it's a daily journey. And we're all a work in progress. But I think that's what it means to be authentic. We can admit that. We can admit like, not everything in my life is on the right side of the cross. I got some things on the cross. I got some things before the cross. And I need your help. We need to, I, I need you to walk with me. I need you to keep me accountable. Accountable, um, you, you can't be a disciple without s- submitting to accountability, I don't think. Accountability and discipleship um, go hand in hand. And there's examples of it all throughout the scriptures. I think the role of the prophets was to, to, to draw God's people back into accountable relationship and, and to remind them of, of, of the vision, to remind them of the mission, to remind them of who they are and who God is and how God expects them to live. You know, I, I, I think Paul, a lot of his letters are trying to like, keep followers accountable to the way of Jesus. Jesus practiced accountability with his disciples. Do you, do you remember, um, I'm just going to skip all that. Like, uh, I'm not going to read the whole story, but um, in Matthew 16, 13 through 28, write that down, read it this week. It's, it's the story, and, and we were talking about it, uh, Aaron was talking about it last night. Um, Jesus and his disciples are at Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And, oh, you're this, you're John the Baptist, you're that, and Peter pipes up, says, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living Christ. And Jesus is like, yes, yes, like, no one gave you that, Peter. My father gave you that. And, and so on you, I'm going to build my church. And, and then he kind of tosses Peter the keys to the kingdom of God. He says, and on you, I'm going to build my church. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. It's like this great glorious moment of, of Peter receiving deeper identity in Christ. And then if you keep reading, right, do you know what happens next? Jesus starts to teach his disciples that he's going to die. That he's got to go to Jerusalem and he's going to die. And Peter is the first one to get in his face and said, no way, you're not going to do that. You're not going to die. And you remember Jesus' words to Peter, who he had just thrown the keys to the kingdom to and just lavished all this identity and encouragement on? Get behind me, Satan. I think that's Jesus keeping Peter accountable to the vision and the mission. Jesus reminds Peter, like, you're thinking like a human being, Peter. Like, my, this, isn't, this is bigger than that. Okay, this is bigger than that. And, and Jesus, he practices accountability through invitation and challenge. He, 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 he practices accountability with his disciples. And, and that just, that's important to us here at Victory Point. Part of, being, part of being part of this church is being 
held to an expectation to, to live and to lead and to love like Jesus. And, and, and permission to call each other out and to challenge each other on that. When, when we name Jesus as the Christ, the living God, like Peter did, it comes with an expectation then, okay, I'm going to live his way. I'm going to be about his agenda. I'm going to be about his kingdom. And, and if, 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 if this is going to be the home the home church that you, you know, pour yourself into and invest in, you just need to know that we're going to do our best to keep you accountable. We want you to keep us accountable to our vision, to our mission, and to leading and living a life like Jesus, where, where we maintain relationship up with God, in with each other, and out with a broken world. I'm going to invite uh, Aaron and uh, Parm to come back up here to get ready to kind of close us out. But I just want you to think about this. I want you to just take a minute and think about this value. At VP, Victory Point, if you're a VPer or, or thinking about being a VPer, this is important. We will be people of integrity who are authentic and accountable in our relationships up with God, in with each other, and out with a broken world. That's a core value of ours. Just like last week, loving God by loving people. But here's the truth. A value is only valuable if practiced. Otherwise, it's just words on a website. A value is only valuable when practiced, when lived out. So as you think about this authenticity and accountability in, in that sort of life this morning, Think about this. Is the you that is here right now that interacts with people on a Sunday morning, is this the same you that people interact with during the week at work, at school, in the coffee shop, at the gym, in the pub, in the neighborhood? Is it the same you? Because it needs to be if you're going to be authentic. Here's another question. Are you pursuing resurrection life? What in your life right now is still before the cross that Jesus is inviting you this morning to bring to the cross and to place on the cross? And though that may be painful and will be painful and may take a while, he desires for you to experience resurrection life and living to the fullest. Is there something that you need to bring to the cross this morning? And is there someone maybe you need to invite into that process with you? That you need to just finally take the mask off, drop the wall and say, I need help. I'm messed up. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to hear God anymore. Like, will you help me? Will you just sit with me? Will you just listen? Just pray? Don't need to give me all kinds of advice. Just, just be with me as I journey through this. Who keeps you accountable? Who keeps you accountable to a Jesus-shaped life, to being like Jesus, to, to doing what Jesus did? Ultimately, what's God saying to you this morning? Forget about what he's saying to everybody else. What's he saying to you this morning? A word of grace, a word of truth, a word of promise that he wants you to receive. And what's one thing you can do to stand on that and to put that into action this week.
Just think about that for a few seconds and then we'll, then we'll pray and sing. Good, good Father. Man, for all the ways in our life that we've been sort of faking it, we're sorry. Truth is, like, we don't have time to play games. We don't have time to fake anything, to pretend. Lord, we desire to be authentic and real. And Lord, I, I pray that, that we would increasingly take seriously being a place where it's safe to be ourselves and to be real. We don't have to put on a front here. Just got to be real. We're all messed up. And we need Jesus and we need each other because we want to go back out into this world and and, and share good news with other messed up people that it doesn't have to stay that way. That there's a God who, who wants to show them grace and love and, and we get the privilege of representing that. So may we take this seriously, Father. In your name, amen. Think about this. A community of real, authentic people loving one another well keeping each other accountable to the way and the life of Jesus, that would be the most attractive, powerful force of transformation on the planet. That's who we aspire to be. Why don't you stand? We're going to close out with some worship.